0: One night recently, I was in Milford taking one of my daughters to a weekly dance class. I typically drop her off and then head out to get a cup of coffee, ride around town for a bit, and then go park and wait for her to be finished. Well, on this particular evening, I was driving my truck. It's a 2003 truck, but it doesn't have a ton of miles on it, so I'm hoping it'll last me a good while. Anyway, from time to time, things need to be replaced on it because of its age. I noticed for a day or two that when I stopped at red lights, the truck was still very slowly moving some. And I thought to myself, am I not pushing the brakes down hard enough? I need to be careful or else I'm going to bump into somebody. And I didn't think much about it until that night in Milford. I had gone to get some coffee and some gas in the truck, and then I made my way through historic Milford on my way back to the dance studio. As I was in the heart of Milford on one of their main streets, all of a sudden, to my surprise, my brake pedal went straight to the floor without hardly any pressure being applied. It was in this moment that I knew my brakes were gone. What am I supposed to do now? I thought to myself as I turned my flashers on in the middle of a quiet town. I guess I should first be thankful that I wasn't doing 60 miles an hour on the highway when this happened, and I was pretty much stopped when this took place anyway. So I began to slowly drive forward and apply the brakes to see how bad it was, and it was bad. I could make a stop in the truck, but it took a while for it to come to a complete stop with my size 13 shoe pushing down the brake all the way to the floor. So I made my way slowly back to the dance studio and parked it. What should I do now? Should I call for a tow truck? If so, how will I get home? My wife is with the other kids 40 minutes away, and it's getting late, so I just sipped on my coffee and tried not to panic. I thought to myself, it's later at night, the roads are not busy, so maybe I can make my way to the repair shop uh, if I go slow and with my flashers on. It may take me an hour to get there, but I can do this if I just have my wife meet me at the body shop, or the mechanic shop, rather. So that's what me and my daughter did. We went extremely slow down some back roads for about an hour, uh, and it wasn't busy at all. And every so often, I would pull to the side of the road with my flashers on so a car could pass me. But eventually, we made it to the promised land, the mechanic shop. I dropped my keys in the drop box and hopped in the car with my wife and we made our way home and the next morning I got a call from the shop asking why my keys were on their floor and why my truck was parked out front and I explained the situation and after they looked the truck over it was determined that I needed all new brake lines in the truck running from front to back. I went under the truck with the mechanic, and he showed me where the leaks were and where the rust was that was causing this to happen. This whole incident got me thinking about how you can be having a fine evening with a cup of coffee in your hand, and then, bam, at the drop of a hat, everything changes, and we have to adjust. In the scripture reading today, this happens to Jesus. One moment, he is experiencing one thing, and then, bam, Something crazy happens to him. The beginning of the Gospel of Mark skips the Christmas story, anything about Jesus' childhood, and jumps right into the adult life of Jesus. The beginning of the Gospel proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ, and we also see John the Baptist preaching. You see, John was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized and to show that they were changing their hearts and their lives. So many people in Judea and All the people of Jerusalem are going out to the Jordan River to be baptized by John and to confess their sins, and of course, you may remember John's wardrobe. He wore camel's hair, clothes made of camel's hair, and had a leather belt around his waist, and his diet consisted of locusts and wild honey. John makes a strong announcement to everyone in the Gospel of Mark. He says to the people, One stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. Further, Jesus, or excuse me, John says, I baptize with you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John here is preparing the way for Jesus to come on the scene, and according to Mark's gospel, that's what happens next. Scripture says about that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Now, as a pastor, I have to say that baptizing people is one of my great joys in ministry. I've baptized children, I've baptized adults, I can only imagine what it must have felt like for John to baptize Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Anyway, scripture teaches us that Jesus was coming out of the water from his baptism, uh, and as he was, he saw heaven splitting open, and the Spirit of God, like a dove, was coming down upon him. And at that time, when this was happening, a voice came from heaven saying, you are my Son." whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. Other translations might say something like, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. I love the word beloved. Jesus is beloved. This is a special moment in the life of Jesus. In this moment, we see the triune God. In other words, we see the Trinity, don't we? Now, you won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, believe it or not, but this is one of those verses that remind us that God is three in one. In this scene, Jesus is present, the Holy Spirit is present, and God the Father is present speaking to Jesus. It truly, like the transfiguration we looked at last week, it's a beautiful moment. But as we know, things can change in life at the drop of a hat, can't they? Just like a normal Wednesday night for me changed at the drop of a hat with no breaks, Jesus experiences something at the drop of a hat after his baptism. Scripture in Mark's Gospel tells us that at once the Spirit forces Jesus out into the wilderness. So after he's baptized, after he is reminded that he is the beloved one, after he had the Spirit come down on him, bam, everything changes. All of a sudden, Jesus is out in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan or the adversary. Jesus was among wild animals during this time, and the angels took care of Jesus. The next scene highlights John's arrest and how Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your heart and your lives and trust this good news. There's so much happening in this scripture this morning. We have Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit making an appearance, God the Father speaking from heaven, Jesus being sent into the wilderness for 40 days, John being arrested, and Jesus announcing the good news of God's kingdom and encouraging people to repent and believe in the gospel. On this first Sunday of Lent, where do you want to focus? After all, Lent is a 40-day period, not counting Sundays, that started last Wednesday on Ash Wednesday. So this is our first Sunday of Lent. Lent is a period which mirrors the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. It's a time for fasting, prayer, confession, renewing our relationship with God, self-reflection, among many other things. You may take Lent seriously as a disciple of Jesus Christ, or perhaps you've never really considered doing so. Either way, what could the scripture be saying to us on this first Sunday of Lent? And I want to share two ways that God could be using this text to speak to us today. And the first is this, change your ways and turn around. Change your ways and turn around. What Jesus is basically saying at the end of this text this morning is this, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. We could always use some repentance, couldn't we? There's some things in our life that do not honor God and we could do away with and in order to help us to look more like Jesus. As my four-year-old daughter gets older, I can see places where she definitely should repent. Like when she's asked to do something and she doesn't want to do it and she calls my wife a bad girl. It's hard to talk to a four-year-old about repentance, but maybe I should take the log out of my own eye before I call out the speck in hers, Right? Repentance is all about changing the way we think and turning away from something and turning towards God. Jesus is announcing the good news and saying now is the time. Not tomorrow, not next year, not when you retire. No, now is the time to change your hearts and your lives. Jesus teaches all about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here, but it's not fully yet fulfilled. We see glimpses of the kingdom when we gather as a community of worship, when we seek justice, when we visit the sick or the prisoner, when we pray, when we see someone come to faith, etc., etc. These are kingdom moments that point us to a greater reality that is to come, heaven and eternity with God. As Christians, part of our call is to reach out into the future and pull heaven into our present moment. Jesus even said that in the Lord's Prayer, He said that in the Lord's Prayer. You know that. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the question today worth pondering is this. If Jesus came to you and said, change your heart and your life, what would you need to change? This Lent, where do you need to repent? Where do you need to be more like Christ? What is it that's going on in your life where you would say, yeah, I need to repent of that. That doesn't look like Jesus at all. I need to ask God for forgiveness. Perhaps we could be reminded of Galatians today in the fifth chapter where we read about the fruits of the Spirit. We can recall that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Where are we not loving? Where are we not joyful? Where are we not showing peace? Where are we not patient, not kind, etc. Maybe Galatians 5, 23 can be a verse that we read that can lead us to repentance. This Lent, let us change our ways and turn to God. This morning, I don't want you just to hear the news of changing your hearts and changing your lives through repentance, but I also want you to hear this good news, that you are a beloved child of God. Secondly, you are a beloved child of God. Seeing the birth of my children is right up there with some of the things that have brought me the absolute most joy. From the moment I laid eyes on them, they were my beloved child. It doesn't matter how much they mess up, what they say to me, and when they're angry, or uh, none of that will ever take away my love for them. They're still my beloved. The 40 days Jesus spends in the wilderness have a symbolic significance to them, and they recall the experiences of Moses in Exodus 24 and Elijah in 1 Kings 19. These 40 days also connect to Israel's 40 years in the wilderness, which was a time of testing and preparation. Of course, Israel failed and was disobedient in the wilderness, where Jesus was successful and did not sin in the wilderness. But before Jesus experiences this 40 days of trial and temptation, he was told that he was the beloved one. Someone briefly mentioned that to me this week when we were talking about this scripture, and it got me to do some more reflecting and thinking on it. Perhaps it's something you and I need to hear today. God created you in God's image. God knit you together in your mother's womb. You are wonderfully made. You bear the image of God, and nothing can take that away. God's love for you and I is so strong that nothing can separate us from that love, and as Romans reminds us, um, Romans reminds us of that. I'd say that the message that the Father had for Jesus on that day is the same message God has for you today. God looks at you and says, you are my beloved. Notice this was something that was told to Jesus before he went out into the wilderness to be tested and tempted. In the same way, you are God's beloved before any of the choices that you made, before any of the sins you committed, before any of the words that you spoke. You may feel like you are even in the wilderness right now. You may feel like you're being tempted in a way that's hard to say no to. But keep remembering this. You are a beloved child of God no matter what. So as we continue in this journey of Lent, May we repent and believe in the good news of the kingdom. May we always remember that on this journey called life, we are a beloved child of God, no matter... How much you've run from God, no matter how much sin you've committed, no matter how much hatred you've shown others, you are never too far away from God where God won't open those loving arms back up and welcome you into his presence. You are a beloved child of God. Take that good news with you wherever it is that you go. You, my brother or sister, are a child of God and you are beloved. Amen.